who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Hello, Super Nintendos. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, episode 616, the all-Boston Celtics episode. I am your host, Seth Macy. Joining me today is Herr Schneider. I don't know what the Boston Celtic is. It's the future NBA champions. Oh, uh, also, basketball. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, industry legend and uh, uh, Golden State apologist, Cat Bailey. Aren't the Warriors up three to two? Yeah, <laughs> well, don't count them out yet. Hey, I'm a They've Minnesota been... fan. I will never All count right. anybody out. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And uh, joining us from the, the, uh, the Wu-Tang dungeon. <laughs> The 36th chamber is Brian Altano. The slums of Shaolin. Now I have a, I have two neighbors that are, I believe, really into basketball, and I just hear "yeah" or "no" every time the ball <laughs> goes in or doesn't go in. So I'm excited for this to stop. So oh, good okay. luck to, the, good luck to the teams. Get it over we'll with. Root for the Warriors. It'll be done soon. Yeah, it'll be done tonight if the if the Warriors win, and then there'll Great. be another game. Uh, I I think it's going to go to Game Seven just because the NBA loves to make. Once the yeah, Warriors win, like it'll be a little bit of a disaster around here. So, well, yes, may may whichever team gets my neighbors to stop screaming, win the best, <laughs> the soonest. <laughs> I think it'd be cool if they're just these two Bostonites living next door. Like, come on, kid! Oh my god, <laughs> shoot the ball! Anyway. I moved across the country to get away from people like that, and they just still keep popping. <laughs> I know you're on a podcast right now with one of them. So anyway, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> we're not here to talk about basketball. We are here to talk about Ninja Turtles, or as they're known in the UK and Germany, Hero Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge is out. We reviewed it. We gave it an eight. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely delightful and I love it. And if I could marry it, I would marry it, but I don't think you can marry a video game. But I'm gonna try anyway. You also, so you can't marry four teenagers anywhere. Oh God! I, there's I'm just so saying some jokes to make, but I'm not going. To. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to either. I'm gonna be respectful. 
of places where you can marry 14. Maybe, maybe you know? Utah. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to dunk on every state and city today. So just keep it locked. <laughs> yep. This is the, the city's Duncan podcast. New Jersey. I'm coming take, for you next. Ooh, ta- taking it back to the actual game. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. We, we kind of bit our tongue last week and couldn't talk about us actually playing the game at the time. But it's, um, it's just wonderful because it's, it's not just a reminder of kind of like a jump back to the arcade days of when you used to walk in with a couple of friends and there'd be four-player machines or two-player machines. And you just, you just stay there way too long, feeding it quarters and, and keep on going. But it's also a reminder of you know how how games have evolved like there's a lot of depth with with combos and moves that you might discover after playing for an hour you're like oh i totally forgot i can hit those two buttons at the same time and do an uppercut or whatever right like there's just all this depth that wasn't present in the kind of 16-bit days of you know like acclaim and kemco side-scrolling brawlers that were basically punches and kicks and combinations <laughs> of both right like there's so much there's so much combat depth in here and i love it even yeah. the original Ninja Turtles arcade has like a fairly limited move set mm-hmm. compared to like the ones that came afterwards. But yeah, I completely agree. This is I hate I like I hate that like it's a love letter to the genre. Like mm. I always hated that phrase. I think people should write an actual love letter to the genre and see what happens there. But yeah, this, this, with a yeah, but this this game really is like it pulls a lot of the tropes from 90s beat-em-ups a lot of references a lot of nods there's a lot of really great little details here that i really appreciate like for example i don't know if you all picked up on this but a lot of the voice work in the game um sounds like like the way they mixed it it sounds like it's coming out of the the crappy speaker on the side of an arcade cabinet like it's just got this <laughs> kind of muffled like what good show like i really really dig that about this or shell shocked yeah, oh, yeah yeah there's yeah. just wonderful it's just such a joy it's so much fun um it's gorgeous beautifully animated it's just it's just an absolute blast i i i cannot say enough great things about this game it's exactly what i wanted it to be I, I'm also enjoying it at a meta level where my my teenage boys, uh, who I'm play- <laughs> and we're playing three player, they don't know Ninja Turtles at all, right? So they didn't oh. grow up with them. They, they're aware of the characters, but like constantly when characters show up, they're very very confused. They're like, "What is that rhino? What?" Like <laughs> it's just everything they say and everything they do is completely confusing. And they're like, "Why is there a rat?" <laughs> because he's the, he, he's their their master like, that's the master they're like what it's because he touched a rat before yeah. he touched the mutagen yeah. which made him become a rat and since yeah. a human touched the turtles that's the rules of mutagen I, depends I on, on like there's like the the tv show the comic book and the movie i was different. just that's yeah the, the 1987 biggest, syndicated cartoon, those are the rules of mutagen. The movie, the biggest, he's like a rat that is watching his uh, sensei when he's in a cage, right? And he's like practicing moves. <laughs> so, yes. So it's got kind of his little puppet rat doing kicks. So the biggest question, the biggest question from the teens was, why is there a pear with a tuning fork on it? Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. That, that was the biggest confusion. Right. So why is everybody trying to find it? Yep. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. What's interesting about I, I was thinking about this. They added this. I, I don't think they've ever really done this in a beat 'em up before. But this this has six player. Co-op. Yeah. So, yep. and that I gotta say, this is the first time I've ever felt bad for the bad guys because that is unfair. That is like <laughs> that's getting like you're getting jumped by a gang at that point. Like Bebop is just like like six people run up on them and beat the heck out of them. Like that seems that seems unfair to me. That seems like too much. 
but knives with knives yeah (laughs) all sorts or like uh i don't know like news reporter equipment like a microphone (laughs) i gotta say april o'neill is a consummate professional she's always got her camera going she's always mm -hmm. covering everything presumably from her smartphone that kind of thing good Mm -hmm. on you april yeah yeah that's one journalist to another People don't yeah, you gotta people. you gotta step it up and just get out there and start beating people. Up. I know. I need to team up with some <laughs> super mutant ninja turtles and like be covering them. That's my next beat. Yeah. Well, E three twenty twenty three. It's just gonna be cat and like four of us just walking through the halls, just beating people up with a giant rat. Yeah. You know, we've just... we've made it this long without having to fight game developers for news, but you know, maybe it's time to change things up a little bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. I actually left an opening there for you to trash New Jersey when I said giant rat, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, like this, this is exactly when, when we saw screenshots of this game, we saw trailers for this game ages ago, you know, this is it, the game we got is exactly what I wanted it to be. Like, it's, it's really just like, it's this just fantastic beat em up. It's super fun. There's tons of different difficulty levels. There's this like metagame stuff where there's hidden collectibles uh, and characters and cameos and you unlock them and they go like, hey, can you go out there and find this stuff? The title screen music is amazing. It's incredibly animated. The music throughout is really, really, really good. there's this like a uh, kind of mild RPG system too, where like mm-hmm. doing stuff will increase your power levels and unlock new moves. And you can go and do that with each turtle individually. So it gives you like a bunch of reasons to go through and, and replay this game a bunch, which I'm a- I'm absolutely going to do. So, man, I love it. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm, uh, with we- I'm with you, Brian. This game is lit. I mm-hmm. think the thing that's interesting is brawlers have been trying to crack the code of what do you do when arcades are no longer a thing? Because brawlers were always quarter munchers in the original. Yeah. The original Turtles was emblematic of that. There's an arcade right near my house called High Scores. It's very good. And it has a Turtles arcade machine in it. Whenever I play it, I love it. I love the vibes. But I'm always reminded of how unbalanced the game is on purpose. Like, you are supposed Mm -hmm. to get hit and you are supposed to die Mm -hmm. in this game. And a lot of latter-day brawlers have kind of solved that problem by being like, well, let's put in RPG elements. And then you'll just go in and you'll be so overpowered, it doesn't matter. This is a very technical game. And I really like that it has dodge mechanics in it. Uh, the move sets are actually pretty complicated. Um, and the only thing I think is the super moves are a bit overpowered in this one. It's really easy to spam them. They do a ton of damage to the actual bosses. But yeah, that's true. I think, but I think the thing that stood out to me is in the first level, there's an achievement, don't get hit. Yeah. And seeing that in a brawler is awesome. And it makes even just playing solo, which traditionally it's Playing solo in a brawler has traditionally not been that fun. It's pretty fun to play solo in this game. Yeah. It's also, it adds this element when you're playing multiplayer, like when somebody gets hit, everybody hates on them, right? Like it's, <laughs> like the, it's like this, we're in it together. Don't don't screw up now. And like, oh, God damn it. You ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, were, you were talking about the arcades and like, I think the most famous example of a game designed to make you feed quarters is gauntlet right which is another we obviously have seen gauntlet revisited but it's like this this four player uh experience that really deserves another another go someday i want to say somebody like see somebody like tango project or these guys take a crack at it and bring it back but man Mm -hmm. yeah they did they did such a wonderful job with this there's lots of i won't spoil any of them but there's one particular very cool kind of like easter egg thing that's a, a reference to um, a thing you do in the Simpsons arcade, which I thought was like a yes. really wonderful little nod. Again, won't spoil it, but yeah, it's just it's just packed with little things like that. And like in traditional turtles beat 'em up fashion, the Mausers are a huge pain in the butt. Like I 
still hate them. I still hate those little, there's like crap that pops out of the ground and shoots at you. Like the second half of the game, a lot of robots get involved in the fight and like, yep. you know, they're a pain in the butt, but I, 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 I love them for that. And like, like Kat said, like you have that super move. It's kind of your get out of jail moment. If like, you're getting just beaten on by like three or four mutant rock people or whatever you just hit yep. the button and go and start spinning yeah. around there's also like there's a little uh zen i was playing with leonardo this morning and there's like you hit the one of the shoulder buttons and he goes into this like kind of zen pose where he starts like meditating yeah. And, yeah and that fills up your super meter and if you can get punched in the middle of that and uh it it breaks it up for you but you also like unlock an achievement for that if you're playing you know on <laughs> on on a platform that has those things so yeah this yeah. this game rules yeah, and yeah, Donate I, Donatello brings out his Game Boy and stuff. Right? Like this, <laughs> this really he looks cool. behind him. He's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I was going to uh, be playing on. Go ahead, Seth. Well, I was just going to say when I was playing this, I like wasn't talking to anybody from work, obviously, because I live in uh, the woods of Maine, the haunted forest. And uh, I was like, oh my God, I love this game so much. And then I had this weird sort of anxiety that like what if i'm the only one who really likes this so much and then i was so happy when uh the review came out and then cat and i did an interview yesterday and Kat was like this game is amazing and i was like yay i agree <laughs> we're all in agreement that it's so fun but one of the things that i sort of noticed last night that i'd been glossing over was during a boss fight i was just doing traditional uh you know brawler just button spam 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 and i have enough lives if i get killed i'll be fine but then i was like well no if i just dodge mm -hmm. every boss has like a pattern and once you learn that pattern you don't necessarily have to die from getting the crap kicked out of you you can i'm theoretically i haven't done it because i'm not that good mitchell probably did it who reviewed the game you could probably beat the bosses without getting hit mm -hmm. like that uh that one elden ring player who just <laughs> i beat her 300 mm -hmm. times or whatever yeah. you hate me uh and I really didn't expect that level of depth. And that was just like another thing. Like I already loved this game from the minute the opening cartoon started up. I was like, well, this is, this is a game for me. This is yeah, my game I, of the year right now. I think, I think you all totally nailed it. Like you could absolutely button your mash your way through this game and be fine. But once you start doing stuff like there's, you know, you combo a double jump into your special move and it does like a dive bomb kick that's like extra powerful and the dodge roll. And, you know, there's there's once you start getting multiple turtles involved, like it's just it's really, really cool. Like, I, yeah. I really, really like what they're doing here. Then yeah. I think the, the Switch version, you know, there there are a couple of moments of, you know, choppier frame rate than in the other versions it looks like, but I've I've found it to be really nice and smooth so far. So, you know, if you if you have a Switch, I think that's a wonderful choice for that game, especially mm -hmm. because I don't know anybody who has six PS5 controllers. I I sure don't. That's a lot of that's a lot of dough, and that's one of the wonderful things about the Switch is if you have three sets of Joy-Con, you're already there. Right? Well, to be fair, I don't know anybody other than you who has every Joy-Con ever made. So that's true. You're, that's true. Yeah. But I only needed three pairs in order to play six player. <laughs> you're just waiting for them to make the 300 player Ninja Turtles experience. Oh my God, I could totally You'll be ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to play this online with five other people on Saturday. Mm -hmm. okay. And I'm wondering how that's going to go. Because <laughs> as we know, Nintendo Switch's online is mm, uh, inconsistent. Do you have it uh, wired? Do you have it wired? Because no, yeah. so, okay. it's going to, it might be bad. Yeah, I yeah. would, I would use the SWOLED with a wire or something like that. 
Mm-hmm. I would. I know people will get mad, but I would say if you're going to play online and you don't have it hooked up and you have an Xbox, the Xbox Series X seems to have the best Wi-Fi of all the three consoles. Yeah. So that might give you the best results. And I'm just saying that from my own personal experience trying to download um, things. Xbox um, is good at online. There's no question about it. it like they've been doing it for a long time or something. I don't know. But uh, we haven't talked about the soundtrack yes. for... Uh, for turtles and i that's part of the reason i asked brian to come on also because i like brian i think you're a nice guy and, and you're fun to hang out with but uh brian you're wearing a, a shirt that sort of gives a clue as to one of the the soundtracks additions which i yeah so they they did a song with uh wu-tang members uh raekwon <laughs> and ghostface killer which are like two of my favorite rappers of all time um and they got them to rap about the ninja turtles which is just completely surreal to me that's one of those like you know, built in a laboratory specifically to appeal to my sensibilities type of decision. <laughs> on top of that, uh, Mega Ran is on the soundtrack. He's yeah, awesome I love Mega Ran. Friend of the show. He's been on NBC a bunch of times. Yep. Go check out his music. Um, it's just great. And even the parts that don't have rapping are just incredibly awesome, high energy, fantastic instrumentals that just fit that 90s Ninja Turtles aesthetic, that beat em up aesthetic. It feels like you're at an arcade birthday party in the 90s, just like Cat said. Uh, like, you want to line those tokens up or those quarters, and you don't need to because, like, you know, um, you just buy the game once or on, it's on Game Pass too. But I guess you could probably still line up a bunch of tokens under your TV. That might help. But yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Everything yeah. here was done correctly, you know? Yeah. Like, I, there's, it, it feels like it was done properly, it was done in a way to show love to this series, to this genre, to the to the IP, and to, you know, just, I think, where, where beat-em-ups could go from here. Because I think, Kat, like you said, like, there was there was that weird era for a while there where they were like, okay, so beat-em-ups are things you play in the arcades. And then, like, they ported the original Ninja Turtles arcade to uh, NES, and their way to make up for it was, they're like, we'll add two new levels. One of them's, like, this weird snow level that happens in the middle of New York City. We want to... Ex- explain why the seasons change don't ask any questions and we're going to put five thousand more uh foot soldiers in every level and we're going to pat it and blah 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 blah. and then there was a while there where they were like we'll just do straight arcade ports but um there's a button you can push that will just put quarters in so that that kind of defeated the purpose and i think with stuff like this and streets of rage and Mm -hmm. you know hopefully the the they're making a a new river city ransom game which is like takes place you know, hundreds of years ago. Like, I think that like, we're on the right track now of not necessarily like a resurgence, but like a reevaluation of how to modernize this genre and make it cool for people again, because it's so much fun. And it makes me so happy that it's, it's seeing like this return. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In my, in the interview that we did, I think I compared it to like Devil May Cry or Bayonetta in the, yes. in the way that the actual combat flows, being able to manage encounters, uh, do good crowd control, that kind of thing, being able to dodge around. Uh, that stuff is great. And I think it just makes for a much deeper, more rewarding experience mm-hmm. rather than just butt mashing. However, in this game, you could just butt mash. Yeah. You'll be yes. fine. You'll be yep. okay. Um, you can be fine. But there are the, there's some foot soldiers that jump up in the air and throw three sigh down. And I have not found like the optimal way to defeat them yet. They just take all my life every time I run into them into in yeah. one of the levels. Yeah, I, and the super attack. There are definitely a couple of enemies in this game where I'm like, who, who, man, who hired you? 
of, of all the foot soldiers, you are like <laughs> the biggest pain in the butt. Um, I will say too, one of my favorite things about this game, and I hope this isn't spoiling anything because it's, it's, I think it's in the trailers and stuff like that. Uh, there's an overworld between levels. Yeah. And it is directly inspired by the original NES Ninja Turtles game. It's one of the only great things about that game. That is, not, that is a very frustrating game. Uh, pe people really have fond bad. memories of it because... They had to. You had no you know? other choice. Yeah. You had no other yeah. choice. But um, syndrome. Luckily, there's no underwater bomb diffusing levels that I've found so far. But the the map overworld is just like driving the Ninja Turtles party wagon around uh, Manhattan. Yeah, it's super super cool. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a jam. It's a bop right there. It really is. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, I, I don't want to meet the person who doesn't like this game because they are dead inside. And if that's wow. you, I apologize. But yeah, I, I don't. I want to know what happened to you. Who hurt you? Yeah. Why don't you like this game? Pear doesn't even have any connection to Ninja Turtles. He wasn't. Uh, 1987. I was 10 years old when the syndicated cartoon came out, and I would. It briefly made me do my homework because I was at the time going to detention a lot because I wasn't handing in my homework, and I was oh so gosh. excited. If I, you're a criminal, Seth. I know. Yeah. Look at me now. Ha <laughs> ha. Take that. <laughs> um. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And detention would, the end of detention would overlap with the start of Ninja Turtles when it aired on my local, whatever, you know, channel ABC. Um, so I would either have to run home, which I didn't want to do, or I would have to do my homework. So for a few weeks, I stayed on top of my homework. Then after that, I remembered how much school sucks. <laughs> I just stopped doing it. But, Look, Raphael yeah. wants you to stay in school. Oh, sorry, Leonardo does. Oh, and Raphael, not so much. None, of them, none uh, of them went to school, though. They all dropped out to live in a sewer and fight crime, right? Oh. That is true. And eat pizza. And uh, and if you tried to throw batteries away, they would appear behind you and be like, whoa, don't throw those away. Recycle whoa, dude, them. Schools for losers. Yeah, they I don't know, guys. They would occasionally show up. Like, I think it was Michelangelo would show up in like an anti-drug PSA in the 90s. And he'd be like, yeah. a kid would close his locker and he'd be like, whoa, don't do marijuana, dude. <laughs> it was like, what are you doing here? You don't even go to this school like who's who let you in they they're privately wow. schooled they've got a sensei they you know <laughs> they were well, so michelangelo yeah. has to be the biggest stoner out of oh. any of the turtles that is true irony. yeah and plus if, yeah maybe do you think being a, visited by a giant teenage turtle would make you stop doing drugs <laughs> i think so i'd be like wow this yeah. stuff is really <laughs> oh man yeah. It was mm -hmm. laced with PCP. Oh, I would have been like, so you eat clam and ice cream pizza sober? Yeah, dude. <laughs> that doesn't track. <laughs> no. Whoa. <laughs> I kind of wish they had added, and I, of course I haven't beaten the game yet, but I kind of wish they had added those little PSAs that they used to put in. And that was an 80s thing. Every cartoon had, after you got done watching like G.I. Joe, it's like, oh, they just, uh, you know, waged war against a, an arms dealer and a terrorist organization. Now we're going to learn about why you shouldn't litter. All right, I want, yeah. mm -hmm. I want to point out something um, very awesome. Mitchell Salzman, who did our review, uh, is probably one of the best, like, just pound for pound, amazing, really good at video game people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Super good. Um, he put a poll in his review, which I implore you all to go to, go to the IGN.com Ninja Trails review. And it says, let's settle this for uh, once and for all, which is the best hurdle? This, this is the most split poll I've ever seen. It's amazing in history. Every single turtle is hovering right at or under or right below 25%. It's so, so cool. Amazing. It's kind of amazing. Like Raphael yeah. has a he has a perfect 25% because I just voted for him. He's my favorite. 
Shout out to uh, <laughs> the press sarcastic turtles. Um, <laughs> but everyone else is either 24.5 or 25.4. It's amazing. It's, it's so great. It makes me so happy. Uh, as a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm this episode is brought to you by paramount plus get in loser mean girls is now streaming on paramount plus join katie heron as she meets the plastics and tina fey's new twist on the modern classic get ready for more of the rumors backstabbing and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises rated pg-13 wear pink and head to paramountplus.com to try it free That was really surprising to me because I voted for Donatello, not thinking anyone else would. Really? And I found out. Same. Yeah, I found out. Oh, one in four people are also. And I'm going to tell you why I like Donatello so much. Not just because I identified with him because he was a nerd and he liked to tinker on things, but also because when you're a kid and you're playing Ninja Turtles, somebody's like picks up a weird stick and they're like, "I'm Raphael," and some you try to tie two sticks together to make nunchucks with some of your mom's yarn, and it never worked. But you could just get like a broom handle. And right. unscrew it and then it's a bow staff no matter what you can yeah. find a bow staff anywhere you cannot find a katana laying around the house i mean or a maybe you, you could take like salad tongs and run around your house or whatever <laughs> those weird forks oh man um yeah, my yeah i remember i no go for it here's my Don, donatello pitch let's hear it he wears a purple uh mask yep and if you uh go up onto the ledge in the original turtles for nes and use the staff it has the longest reach you that can hit true. bosses without even getting hit that is also true amazing yeah. that's why like i've always loved raf the most he's always been my favorite turtle but like playing the original video games i was always like this feels like the weakest weapon because it's this thing's like six inches long and every like leonardo comes out there with a sword that's like three feet long it just felt like unfair but i always had to pick him well, Raphael yeah. was definitely the worst in the NES game. Yeah. Was, so yeah. he was just kind of spinning the side. They were mm -hmm. like, well, how do we animate this thing? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Was, and I got to say that as much as and easy as it was to just find a bow staff playing, like the nunchucks are obviously the coolest. And you know that they're cool because they were banned in the UK for like years and years. I can't remember what 
um, weapon Michelangelo used in Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, but it was not nunchucks because nunchucks were illegal. Maybe to- sausages like he did in the second movie. Remember that? <laughs> they were like a sporting goods store that had like sausages or something i don't know just uh, it was that it was the early 90s it was a wild <laughs> time nobody had quite figured retail out yet but yep. i'm thinking of a specific scene from everything everywhere all at once oh yeah gonna spoil you should go watch that movie <laughs> right it came to my town to the one little like theater that would show that movie for 45 minutes i don't even think they got through one showing in the movie and they're like all right it's done now here's uh, the ukulele Seth, review yes Seth, they have this thing it's got the internet so you can actually on your tv watch movies now i don't think you can watch that one yet i don't think absolutely it's yes, you, you can. can oh you can I oh really just rented on an apple tv oh, last okay night. oh that's very exciting my oldest son who's now graduated high school really wants to see that movie so he'll be oh yeah Seth, an apple tv is not actually a tv it's like a little box you hook up well you know i do love a good apple pie so okay. who won't yeah. like an apple tv as you well? like a turtle pie because those were a big thing in the 90s uh oh yeah that's right i forgot about those they were like it was like weird a hostess apple pies, hostess but they fruit were cakes full of green ooze cream <laughs> yeah they like they left uh some of the old like ghostbusters ecto cooler out in the sun and they're like ah no what are we gonna do with this they, and then a marketing genius all of those came stuff. with a trading card and there was five of them total there was like uh all four turtles and then one hero shot of the of the five of them and when me and my brother were kids we got those turtle pies and i opened mine up and i got michelangelo and he was like i got nothing and there was no card in there and he was really sad and so uh for christmas last year I I found a full set of them on eBay and I sent it to him. Oh my God, Red no showing way. the commercial for Turtle Pies. Yeah, so, so now he has the full set. I was like, hey, you didn't get one of these when we were kids and I don't know why the universe did that to you, so I wanted to make it right. And he was like, That's you're so weird. Cool. <laughs> You're Aww. such a weird dude. Wait, so you get him the, the cards? Or did you find like uh, dead stock Turtle Pies? That no, just... no, God. Yeah, the, the, the actually, original... Well, probably the original Turtle Pies are one of those things that have just like... They're they're fine still because they were made of nothing but like yeah that sugar sounds like and... a L A beast video they're gonna outlast the human race yeah yeah those mm-hmm. things and cockroaches <laughs> very very closely related actually yeah but uh, we talked a lot about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge because we all love it but Cat and I actually talked to the narrative designer uh, there are some mild spoilers in this interview so if you don't want those. You'll just go back to where I'm wearing this shirt and not in my Boston Celtics hat. All right, Super Nintendo's very excited to talk about some Ninja Turtles here, specifically Shredder's Revenge. We have the narrative designer of Shredder's Revenge, Yannick Belzil, joining us today from Montreal and Tribute Studios. Yannick, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your extremely busy, about to launch an amazing game schedule. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah, welcome. I mean, obviously, I want to talk about the beautiful city of Montreal. No, we can talk about that another time. I want to talk about <laughs> Shredder's Revenge. I have played it. I am loving I am loving this game more than I anticipated I would from the minute the game starts up and you have like this, this perfect uh, animated opening with a little bit of a remix of that classic syndicated cartoon and there's like the graininess of the animation and then it gets into it so i want to know was this game like always supposed to be a ninja turtle game 
or was this uh, a concept uh, that started out as something else and then eventually turned into a Ninja Turtle game? Um, that's a uh, interesting question because uh, here at Tribute Games, like we do um, a lot of uh, neo retro games, so we try to uh, take up uh, classic genres and put our new spin to it. So uh, we haven't done like a, a, a we hadn't done a beat em up yet, but um, if we had, I bet that gameplay wise, it would have looked and felt a lot like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, but it just so happened that we got extremely lucky and uh, met up with RMU and together like we pitched the idea of doing like a, uh, TMNT beat them up to Nickelodeon and they were excited about it. So I feel like a lot of the gameplay um, might have been uh, very similar like with uh, original characters that we would have created, but it, it just so happened like that we had the chance to uh, make uh, that game with the Turtles. It's so lucky that you were able to because it's uh, one of the... Extremely yeah. lucky. <laughs> Because <laughs> instead of having to create characters, you just went for the deepest possible, like turtles knowledge. Like we were talking off air about Tempestra. That's a yes, a character. Could you explain a little bit uh, without? Oh you God, know. so many spoilers uh, already. Yeah, well, <laughs> well I'm mean, so really... sorry, everybody. Yeah, uh, sorry. Tempestra it really is is a villain from the 1987 cartoon. I believe she appears in two episodes. Um, <laughs> one being uh, Tempestra's Revenge and the other is Night of the Rogues where Shredder just decides to corral a whole bunch of villains and uh, have them fight the turtles. Uh, but basically, uh, it's uh, an episode where the turtles go to the arcade as we uh, all did back in the day. And uh, Leonardo just gets uh, addicted to playing, uh, to beating every single machine but Tempestra. And through some cause and effect of events, like Tempestra becomes real and now Leonardo has to uh, be, uh, fight her for real. And uh, like I was saying before we were recording, like uh, we feel a lot of uh, 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 kinship with Tempestra because she also creates sprites for people to beat them up. So uh, 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 Tempestra is a game developer and uh, we love her and that's why she's in the game. <laughs> I remember that episode very well because, mm -hmm. of course, I was hooked on video games circa whenever this episode came out. And so I felt a real kinship to Leonardo when he became completely hooked on Tempestra's Revenge. The thing that I thought was really funny was that it was Leonardo and not, say, like Michelangelo. Uh, <laughs> it's very strange. Well, he's uh, he's result and he's result oriented and success oriented like Leonardo. So I can imagine like uh, Leonardo wanting to uh, finish every achievement when he's playing a game. Like if he gets sucked into a game, he like one hundred percent said for sure. Yeah. I, speaking of Leonardo, I want to continue a important conversation that we were having last week, in which we were talking about which turtles we enjoy playing as. And sure. specifically, I was kind of a smack talking Michelangelo. So I want to know what character do you play as the most? And also, what's your Michelangelo take? Um, what I'm playing uh, our uh, current game, uh, I choose April because uh, I love April. I love her rapid combo uh, 
friendly attacks. Um, if you are, if we're talking about the four uh, turtles, like I really like playing as Raphael, and um, I like Michelangelo as well. Like I feel like um, one of our our animators, uh, our animator Mathieu, who are who's one of the main animators. Um, like he oversaw and did like the four turtles and Michelangelo is his favorite, even though he loves them all. And I feel you can see it in his, his animations. Like he's livelier, he's happier. Uh, uh, he's really, really great. So I love Michelangelo. I really like how in the, uh, recent IDW comics, Michelangelo is written as the most sensitive one because, uh, uh who, who seems to have more emotional intelligence than the rest of the turtles and i think that's a pretty cool trait for him to have right on i guess i'm the only one who is a a, a pure lover of donatello but that's okay that's a conversation I, I love them all they're 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 all my friends now since i've worked on that I'm, game like i i feel talking super, about popularity super close rankings <laughs> i think donatello's up there Really? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we have absolutely. a poll on the site right now in the review on IGN, and I was very surprised when I hit Donatello how close it was. It was like 26 to 25 to 24 to 23. It was almost evenly split. Um, everyone just loves every turtle, and I think that's why. All, yeah. all well, the love for all the different turtles. Yeah. Yes, well, when we showed the game at PAX, like that was something that was really cool to see, is seeing people coming in with oh, I get Raph, or oh, I get Leo. Like, people come in with their chosen turtles and the ones uh, that are really close to them. So uh, uh, that's really always a fun thing to see. I wanted to ask, you mentioned April O'Neil. Was April uh, planned from the get-go to be a playable character? Same with, uh, with uh, Master Splinter. Were they always going to be, or was it one of those things along the development where, like, why don't we just... Why don't we add these as playable characters? Um, they were always meant to be in the game. Like that's something okay. that was really exciting for us is to um, try. How do we make it different from the classic Konami games? And for us, it was adding characters, but also adding these beloved characters from the cartoon. And uh, uh, so, we, like, we always wondered how uh, Splinter would be fighting, like figuring out his action moves. And for uh, April O'Neil, like, we just she there's something about april's design like just her jumpsuit that really makes her she looks like a fighting character or an adventure character yeah she's so, got like the bruce lee yellow jumpsuit on so yeah exactly so there's just something about her that feels that to me that works that's very uh beat em up uh, aesthetic and uh, uh creating her moves like and thinking about her moves uh, same thing for splinter and later on for casey jones like that was one of the really exciting parts of creating these characters because it was almost like we got to quote unquote, create original characters for the beat em up, even though they're not original, like we sort of got to invent them in that format. And that was uh, a treat. Right. I thought it was really interesting that you went for the 1987 cartoon because mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, it's a 35 year old show. Uh, multiple generations of kids have grown up. There have been many different turtles. I would think mm -hmm. of uh, Turtles Forever, I think it was called, where you had the 1987 turtles, meaning the IDW turtles, meaning the 2003 turtles, and they're all very different. And the 1987 turtles were always kind of the silliest and the most slapstick, as it were. So I'm curious mm -hmm. why you picked 1987 given that frankly everybody who remembers that show is old speaking for <laughs> yours truly and then also Andy. like that it's also the silliest i mean for example the idw uh turtles would be you know they could have a striking visual aesthetic 
And then there's, of course, some more modern trolls. Why 87? Um, well, because again, like uh, because we are all in, uh, we're all uh, young of soul, but old of body. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the uh, when Turtle Mania exploded, which is when we were all kids, uh, or most of us attribute games, like that was the, the version of turtles that we were most familiar with. That we uh, that existed while we fell in love with it but it's also the one that it's that is in the classic like konami games which are the big big influence on our game and so it we really wanted that one also i guess you could say from a mercantile uh, point of view like it's the one that sold the most merch that's still maybe the most recognizable across generations there's still merch with those turtles on it so that doesn't hurt but for us they were the turtles like we like the most but also i think because they are so silly and there's an inherent silliness into the cartoon the toy line and uh the archie comics of the time that um it lends they lend themselves to have like a, a, um, a more flexible adaptation so uh, our uh, the raphael in our game can do like a sick suplex uh, and look really intense or badass but he it doesn't look wrong that he still has like uh rob paulson's voice coming out of him and that he can fight a big goofy uh monsters like another thing like it's not just the turtles but the the versions of the bosses and the design of the bosses uh from the cartoon are just so evocative and so great and they're they lend themselves to be reinterpreted uh really well too so i feel like the 87 turtles are sort of the more the most malleable turtles in a sense mm. yeah uh, you mentioned a couple times now the influence of the konami beat-em-ups but i'm I was as i was playing i you know obviously there's the overworld which instantly reminded me of the nes game i mean it's a little bit different but uh, i'm wondering oh, if there's Scott any Pilgrim. other you said that you said that a bunch oh. of uh, folks over at tribute have worked on the scott pilgrim game that's right that's right yeah, that's um, I, I was curious as to what other sort of inspirations there are in this game that um you know beyond just the konami beat-em-ups well there's uh, i would say the Konami beat-em-ups are the big one, but not necessarily just the turtles. There's also uh, like the the Simpsons. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun, but it also like where we sort of borrowed the idea of having cut scenes and little mini stories carry out through a level. Like that's one of the big ones that we uh, we borrowed from there. The thing is the same way like the the 87 turtles are super malleable. I feel like the the Konami uh, mold of beat em up is really sturdy and strong, but it also lends itself to be uh, uh, reinterpreted and uh, maybe modified a bit. Like one thing that we do like in our game is that um, the fighting is more generous. Like if you play uh, the old games, like sometimes you really have to be on the same axis as a foot soldier to properly hit him. Uh, but uh, ours is more generous. So it's removing, it's uh, sending down the, the frustrations uh, from the, the Konami games and um, to make them more modern. And so that there are, are big uh, influences. If not, I guess there's also a lot of a, a, a visually, like we really want them to bring in like a, a more richer uh detailed animations like the same way like the capcom fighting games have um 
for a lot of animators of uh, my generation. Uh, I've been a 2D artist for, for a little bit uh, while uh, uh, back in the day, and you just learn to animate and do pixel art by taking apart Street Fighter sprites. So wanting to bring in uh, that detailed type of animations to the Turtles was something that we really wanted to do as well. Very yeah, cool. and when I was playing uh, Turtles, uh, Shredder's Revenge, I was thinking about beat-em-ups and how beat-em-ups are kind of based in the old coin-operated genre. So when you play the OG Turtle game, that game, you're meant to lose. You are meant to die in that <laughs> game. The enemies are kind of unbalanced. They're going to hit you. And I think this one, one of the first achievements you see is get through the first level without getting hit. And I thought it was so neat how... You incorporated dodge mechanics and there's a real nuance to the actual fighting and everything, especially when you're fighting the bosses. Fighting a boss in this game is so much more satisfying than in almost any Turtles game that I've played to date. And what yeah. I'm wondering is, did you take any inspiration from games like, say, Devil May Cry and that kind of thing in terms of developing the move sets, thinking about the philosophy and the combat and that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, really a part of it. Like adding stuff like uh, dodge or evade is like a, a big part of uh, trying to make the game uh, more fun and add uh, what uh, a higher skill ceiling to uh, the fighting. Because one way we're making the fighting is that we want like a, a younger kid to be able to just like button mash through the game. But we also want a, a, a more skilled player like to get into the nooks and crannies of, of evade and dodging and uh, having using the, the three different types of special attacks and stuff like that. So yeah, we really wanted to have uh, uh, the fighting to become a bit more complex against the bosses if you want it to be more complex as a player. I wanted to know, this is just, it blew my mind when the news story dropped. How how did you get members of Wu-Tang Clan involved in a Ninja Turtles game? How did you get that, Ghostface and Rayquad? That's a question for uh, fine colleagues at Dotemu uh, to okay. uh, answer, because they, they're the ones who took care of that. Um, I, I would like to know as well, how do you summon <laughs> the Wu-Tang Clan? Uh, I don't know if it's uh, lighting up incense, uh, flashing the W signal. Uh, uh, I don't know how it happens. Oh, it but uh, uh, I'm glad that it did. The first time I, I heard the track, I mean, I heard that this might happen, but you never know until you have the, the actual uh, uh, MP3, MP3 or dot .wave uh, in, on your computer. And when I clicked on it and I started listening to it, I was like, hmm, this is amazing. This is great. <laughs> so we, we were really thrilled that it could happen. Uh, again, that's the magicians at uh, .mu who made that happen, who are super great part partners into making this game. Like uh, they worked on uh, the published Streets of Rage 4. So these guys have like, uh, uh, gameplay wise, they have like 2020s uh, uh, beat them up uh, knowledge and culture. So sometimes like uh, we were too... Uh, it, absorbed uh, into what we were doing and they would play the game and say, oh, this needs a bit of tweaking or adding to something or they were really great into helping us uh, not only making the game, but, you know, making sure that a lot of people know about it, including the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, right. 
You always want <laughs> Wu-Tang to know when you're up no, to something. Yeah, Wu-Tang cool. was even in this. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ghostface um, and Rayquan. Uh, I mean, they're a Did lot they of recorded a song. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I heard some vocalized music uh, while I was playing the game. So that must have been it. Um, in, a, in another interview, you, there was mentioned that there wouldn't be DLC, costume DLC because mm-hmm. uh, the turtles are really hard to animate, that kind of thing. Um, the trench coats, for example, like there was some talk about wanting to include the trench coats, but like there's too many frames of animation going on mm-hmm. in a relatively small team. But I'm wonder, what I'm wondering is, is there is the door open for other kinds of DLC? Um, you know, kind of an expansion pack or remix levels or that kind of thing? Um, not so far, but um, it's really encouraging that the game is not already out and people are asking about uh, DLC. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I take it as an awesome compliment. Uh, I think it's something that we'd uh, all like to do, but uh, that'll be depending on uh, the reception and uh, if uh, Nickelodeon wants to, uh, to do that as well, because they're the, they're the turtles are toys that uh, we get to play uh, with, uh, because of them. So um, DLC is something we'd like to do, but as of this moment, when the, gun, the, the game comes out, it's considered complete. Okay. I was wondering if there's any, I mean, there's a million deep cuts in here. Uh, I, won't, I won't spoil any more, but was there anything that you really wanted to see added to the game that you just couldn't, for whatever reason, pull off? Um, I wanted to put it, put in even more uh, cameos from characters, either from the Archie comics, from the cartoons, or from the toy line. But um, I had to be refrained at one point because I was like, "Let's put this guy here. Like, where where can we put Ace Duck? I know Ace <laughs> Duck only appears on television, so he's technically fictional in that universe. But maybe we could put Ace Duck somewhere, and a whole bunch of other characters." But uh, Really, like one thing that we are, we always concentrated, like we have to make uh, the best game possible first, and that's directing our resources into making the game. It's not uh, me pleading with an animator to please, uh, can we make it that uh, Kerma, the elderly turtle from planet Shelrilla appears and says hi in the background. <laughs> like that doesn't help anything gameplay wise as much as I want it to be in the, <laughs> in the game. So uh, I would love to put more cameos uh, in there, but uh, maybe again, if we get to do DLC, maybe th- there's going to be more of it. So we'll Ooh, see. I'm just going to put it out there right now. And if this is in the game, I have, I'm only on level eight, but if there's mm-hmm. a, if there's an opportunity for you to put vanilla ice in the game, <laughs> I'm just, a whole vanilla so, ice level? Just a whole vanilla ice level, just cruising in your 5.0. Yeah. That's what I'm like, about. We, we all love Rob Van Winkle, and hopefully yeah. we can find a place for him someday uh, in oh. there if we ever do more. But that, that'd be great. Oof. That'd be great. Look, if we got, if we got the Wu Tang Clan, I feel like vanilla ice must, must be a reasonable ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're I, giving me so much hope right now. Even playing this game, I think this is literally the first time in 25 years that I've thought of Irma and Vernon from the 1987 show, the, the characters who work at Channel 6 News alongside with mm-hmm. April. I'm like, oh, there's like so much from the original uh, cartoon that I hadn't even thought about. And I, I like some of the more subtle references. Like, I think in the very 
first episode, they go to the zoo to get the uh, the rhinoceros and the boar to transform Bebop and Rocksteady. And there's an entire zoo level that uh, that have the little guys that get out the the and their rhinoceroses charging around. I'm like, that has to be a reference to that. Yeah, yeah, that's something that we thought was uh, really fun. Like again, uh, on the, the the Konami tip, like stampeding animals are not to Sunset Riders, but uh, we just thought like if we could have stamp stampeding whichever creatures, like we could put some references to Bebop and Rocksteady and to just, there's something really funny about putting mutant uh, animals with actual animals. Like that just is weird and off-putting in a sense, but that's is sort of pretty <laughs> funny. So we couldn't pass it up. There's some really good boss fights in this one too. Uh, I really like wrecking um, mm -hmm. with uh, the waves of rats coming in. He jumps out, he's playing the flute and then he comes out and then he, for some reason, is doing Zangief uh, lariat throws. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> like he's a buff dude. Like I think he can do it. Like he he works out mm. for sure. Like he just he, he just hangs on one of those subway or sewer pipes and just chin ups for sure. <laughs> uh, I think I was going to ask what your personal favorite pizza is. Real tough question, I know. You know, I'm uh, I'm on a uh, on a controversial streak in these media interviews uh, that oh, no. I I'm on record as saying that I do like anchovies on my pizza. I don't and, think there's anything uh, wrong with that. I feel like if there's something uh, wrong about the turtles as the friend as a franchise, they, they did a lot of anti-anchovy messaging, and <laughs> I'm I'm here to to set the record straight. Now, someone might, might say that they look disgusting and the texture is awful and they'd be right. But the <laughs> salt, I love it yeah, on the lie. pizza. It's, it's great. The 87, it's great. Turtles, the 87 turtles poisoned me against sushi for years because. Yeah. Sushi's great. Yeah, sushi's yeah. great. Like for, for people uh, who live in a sewer, like they have like a big opinions about <laughs> raw, food, uh, raw fish. Yeah. And come on, guys. They put like peanut butter on their pizza. Like, what's going on here, guys? Yeah, and Splinter loves sushi, and that's why we have like a little sushi power-up in the game. But he doesn't get to eat it all the time because he's always eating pizza because of his of his sons who are who won't eat anything that's not triangle shaped, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is you true. Obviously, pull from Turtles 4. I, I think Turtles 4 is the most mm -hmm. obvious even included in the move set and everything but i'm wondering if there are other turtle games that are less obvious that you pulled inspiration from we already mentioned the og uh, nes turtles game or even other beat-em-ups well we have a a, a bunch of uh, moves that the turtles perform that are from uh uh ninja turtles tournament fighters that is oh, sort cool. of an un undersung fighting game but that was really nice at the time with a really like big sprites that were a lot of fun so like Raphael making a suplex that that's a move uh, that he does in um, in tournament fighters and some of the special moves of the turtles are are taken from tournament fighters and even then like uh, the turtles will often cry out the name of uh, of some of uh, these moves like uh, Michelangelo says dynamite strike which is one of his moves from tournament fighter but I don't think he says it in the actual game. I think it's only written in the instruction booklet. So 
for me, making sure that we have uh, uh, Coleman Townsend, the original Michelangelo voice, say Dynamite Strike and making sure that's in the game, like that brought me a lot of, uh, of nerd pleasure to sort of <laughs> canonize it somehow. Because once the, the original voices say it, it's canon. Yeah, that was a really surprising thing to me was that you were able to bring the original Turtle voice cast mm -hmm. back. What, how much of a, of a process was that? I mean, I imagine that they're, they're not all just like living together in the same house. I imagine. No, they all live in a sewer somewhere. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I wish they were, but I, it seems to me like uh, uh, doing conventions in the last couple of years, they might have become closer as friends uh, oh, okay. from doing the convention circuits like over the years. But um, again, like that's something that was undertaken by our uh, good friends at .mu because like when we were making the game, again, we were not sure what we'll be able to do uh, 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 voice acting wise. And even like in a video game, especially like a beat em up, you can't really count on having too much of that. Like you, you don't know uh, how much space or resources you're gonna have for that uh, production wise. So for a while when we were making the game, we were like, well, I guess we'll have a bunch of grunts, Spain grunts and an occasional pizza time and cowabunga here and there. But then it uh, became, uh, uh, clear that we would have like more voice acting. So that was really exciting. And I got to write like a couple of lines. And then when we knew for sure that we got uh, the original voices of the turtles and Cam Clark and Barry Gordon, who are Leonardo and Donatello are also Bebop and Rocksteady. Uh, that meant that we, that I could write more lines for these characters. Like I got really excited because that's, one thing I feel like, uh, wait, sorry. I was gonna say that's very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. And one thing that's uh, when you rewatch the old cartoon, like you can't say that as an action adventure cartoon, it's uh, amazing. But as a sitcom with strong comedic performances, it's really, really good. Like everyone's performances are so great and they um, they 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 make the characters so uh, uh indelible like i feel like there are these voice actors are a huge part of the turtles popularity and the notion of understanding them as characters like it really comes from their performance and even then like their performance informed a lot of how we animated them so to get their actual voices uh to be in the game like for us it was getting uh well i'm in canada so we're members of the commonwealth so it was like being knighted by the queen uh <laughs> it was very exciting <laughs> i i, I th this isn't a spoiler but uh my, one of my favorite moment like well one of my favorite moments comes like right at the start of the game when you start the first level big apple 3 p.m which is, of course, a, a reference. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. And I'm curious as to what your, you know, do you have a favorite line or a favorite reference in the game? Well, that one is really funny because it almost like didn't happen. Like I was uh, oh, really? looking back about uh, on the, the lines for the, the, the levels and seeing like which uh, level lines we were attributing to each voice actors. And I went up to uh, our creative director and I was like, we have a New York level and I am, we're not calling it Big Apple 3 p.m. What are we doing? And he's like, <laughs> you're right. And then I changed it into the, the big Google Sheets documents that, that, uh, in which we put all of our lines. And then uh, uh, that was really... So uh, I wrote a lot of lines that 
amuse myself. Like it was again, because I think of these guys as really uh, gifted comedy performers. So writing new funny lines for them, like uh, was really exciting. Uh, references wise, uh, throughout the game, there's a, a bunch I really, really like, but one of the more deeper cut ones is in level 10 as we, it's uh, uh, somewhat of a street level and uh, you can see a background reference to uh, the MGM studios, uh, live action TMNT show, uh, that was there back in the 90s like you you would step out and there would be like uh, four uh, big mascots dressed up as the turtles and april was there and on their stage was this uh this sort of uh metal uh, uh blinders uh, type of thing that was uh, painted to look like uh, the second time around which is april's uh, goodwill store that she she has so we took us I, I found like a specific picture of that of that stage element and put it in one of our documents. And I was like, Oh, it'd be cool if we had that like in the background and, uh, our wonderful artist, uh, background artist, Stefan put it there. And I was really happy. Wow. Which is an extremely silly thing to be happy about, but that's no, 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 no. the brain that I got. That's a great so. reference. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's so many polls in this. Mm -hmm. I one thing that stood out to me is when this game was announced, there was so much warmth and so much excitement for this game, maybe more so than any beat em up that I've seen. And I'm wondering, were you taken off guard by how excited people were for the return of a Turtles beat em up that looks this good? Um, given that I was like sort of on the front lines of seeing that game being made and I know everyone involved into make uh, in making it I know that everyone is giving it their all and everyone loves it and wants to make the best possible games and uh, we all played in the, these games in the arcade as a kid and then we wanted to make the the, the best version of it so any uh feelings of being taken aback about the reactions or being nervous were, are sort of uh, uh, strengthened by knowing that the whole team loves it, the whole team is confident, and the whole team wants to make it work. Uh, seeing uh, people react to it was really heartwarming because it was like, oh, I guess we're on the right track. But it was also like, boy, we have to work extra hard to make sure that it's good. But at the same time, we all love these characters so much. We're not surprised to see that a whole bunch of people out there uh, love, loves them as much as we do. So, uh, and I feel like something that's, uh, that, you know, I'm hearing from you guys and I'm hearing uh, and reading in, in reviews is that uh, people sense the love that we have for the characters and for that world. Uh, it's not... Um, it, it's not something we, well, we do do it for a paycheck because that's our living, but it's not uh, entirely mercenary in that sense. Like it's uh, characters that we love doing. So it's very special for us. And we're just glad to see that it seems uh, pretty special for uh, everyone else. Yeah, you can definitely, you can feel the heart coming through when you play this game. You can have, absolutely feel the love for the source material. I think we have time for one last question. I was going to ask, how did it feel today when you started seeing the review embargo lift and those reviews started coming in? That must have been a pretty exciting mood around the office. 
Uh, yeah, it's really exciting. Of course, like we're still doing a lot of promo stuff and making sure that the launch is going great. And of, of course, uh, no uh, launch is uh, without its, you know, you have to think about patches and making sure that every possible uh, bug is stamped out and stuff like that. So we're, we still have our eye on that ball. But at the same time, uh, yeah, it's really great to see uh, the all these glowing reviews come out, coming out. Uh, I feel like for a lot of us, it's probably already like the best reviewed game that we've worked on. And uh, that feels, again, that feels heartwarming because uh, uh, it's so important to us. And one thing is like, it's not just loving the turtles, but they, they are a, a beat em up institution. So if you like that genre, somehow you have a certain appreciation for the turtles. So the fact that it, seems to be accepted like as a good beat em up and as a good uh, incarnation of the Ninja Turtles. Um, it's doubly uh, uh, heartwarming in a sense that we, we were on the right track for both uh, these targets. Very cool. Kat, did you have any final questions? I think your game is lit. I'm having such a great time playing it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I cannot wait to try the six player co-op this weekend with a bunch of friends online. Uh, congratulations on making oh, thank this you. wonderful game that I didn't realize I had been waiting for for 25 years. Yeah, I my kids are fairly much older than most people's kids are, but they were very excited when they found out that I had this game. And now this weekend, we're all going to play together and just beat the snot out of some foot soldiers. So congratulations on a wonderful game. And on the, the release is tomorrow, I believe. Yes, yes, it's be, uh, today the, is the release of the Oh, I'm sorry. Episode. That's right. This yeah, episode, it, it's actually out now. Go get it because it's, it's out super now. fun. Buy it. And you're going to absolutely love it. Um, yeah, yeah. Means, thank okay. you very much. Thanks, guys. And we appreciate it. And uh, any, any last words? Uh, I, I guess Kawabunga is a good last word. So it's going to be Kawabunga. <laughs> Perfect one. <laughs> Excellent. Radical. Yeah. We're back from the interview. Wow, incredible. I can't believe Kat, we were able to change our <laughs> outfits so quickly like that. I mean, hey, I'm wearing the same outfit. I matched up. Uh, uh, there's a professional amateur. right there. That's Not why she's um, an industry legend. Actually, uh, Harry, you were talking about the frame rate issues a bit, little bit Af after the interview was done. We talked about that briefly, and they were like, oh, yeah. Uh, there are some weird frame rate hitches going on because I think they sped up the animation, actually. Oh. Uh, and they were definitely noticing that and discussing it on their Discord. So they're working on a fix for it. Oh, good. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and I also asked him not to patch out the... You can juggle a foot soldier pretty much infinitely with Donatello if you stand oh. in the right place. Don't so yeah, them. you can just... Well, I asked him not to because patch Donatello's it out. Donatello is the best turtle. Exactly. Infinite juggles. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, we didn't even talk. And I haven't a even a cup of espresso. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He does make a good cup of espresso. Yeah, he uses the uh, the 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 freezer that they have Akira's remains in from the movie, and he just makes a <laughs> single drop of espresso out of it. But all right, Ninja Turtles, we love that. But there was also a billion news items that happened this week. None of which were Nintendo Direct until we obviously post this episode, and then they'll announce it. But Sunbreak demo for Monster Hunter Rise is out right now. So if you're interested in Monster Hunter Rise and you want to play the demo, go do it. After you, you don't even have to turn off the show. You can actually listen to the show while it's downloading, depending on your downloading speeds. I don't know how they are, but 
Uh, then there is this game, Agent 64, which is trying to scratch that GoldenEye itch, uh, which everybody fondly remembers GoldenEye. I recommend fondly remembering it and maybe not <laughs> trying to replay it because it's not as much fun. Or at least Aww. I should say. No, I didn't find it to be as much true. fun as I remember. It's, it's it's true. I think like Agent 64, so obviously it's going to run smoothly, right? So it's mm-hmm. not yeah. like GoldenEye's biggest issue is that we are now accustomed to smoother frame rates and it, it does it does feel a little hard to go back. But uh, Agent 64 runs smoothly. It looks very much like GoldenEye, like really blocky, you know, characters and textures. But the big thing about this game is that people can make their own campaigns. So yeah, you can cool. make missions and share them. So I think I think this is going to be really cool when it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So there was also the news that Toby Fox wanted to help uh, Itoy make Mother 4, which we all know is never going to happen. But thank you, Toby, for the uh, for go- giving it the old college try there. The Switch, this is a surprise to no one, was the number one selling uh, piece of video game hardware for the month of May, which was also the lowest selling month in the last yeah. two years for all video game hardware. Xbox was at the top by, I think, money generated, but that's because it's, what, two and a half times as expensive as the Nintendo Switch? So, what a surprise. Everyone loves the Nintendo Switch. Switch it's a big sports. deal, by the way. You know, like, this is, you can tell PlayStation is still having real supply issues there, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, congrats to Xbox, obviously. I, lo- yeah, I love my Series X, so. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think they're all, all wonderful systems. Yep. My dual sense is sitting right over there. Yep. And it's just, it's glowing right now. It's so mad that we're disparaging the Sony PlayStation 5. No, I think uh, if it was glowing, the battery would die instantly. <laughs> oh man, it does run out of battery really fast. I, did, I, mean, I am, I'm mostly playing PS5 right now, I have to say, because like oh, Forza Horizon is winding down until we get the new DLC. But like, so I'm, I'm actually playing the other Horizon mostly. So what is it with Sony uh, controllers anyway? Like Sony controllers die within one playthrough. Um, my Switch Pro controller can go hours. Yeah. Days. 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 Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot going on. So it, it, they always have very showy ground effects, right? Like they're very, very <laughs> tricked out with their lights and everything. And then it does, it does have, you know, like shoulder button tension. All of that stuff yeah. comes at battery costs. So... Mm-hmm. I, I I do love the way games feel on that controller, but yeah, yeah. you have to remember to plug it in. It's also a draining battery. battery life for a feature I always turn off. I know. The resistance on those shoulder buttons are the most obnoxious thing. What? Oh, that is the you, best I part! I love it. I like it. <sighs> oh, I, I cannot deal when I'm like firing and it's like, uh, oh, as hard no as way, that's the or playing FIFA. No, absolutely not. I love it. You can turn it off, obviously. But I will say, like, the Pro Controller, like, you can find a Pro Controller, like, buried in the garden, and it's like, (laughs) oh, battery's still good. Same with, like, like, an old, like, DS or 3D. I had, like, a Game Boy Micro that I swear I lost the charging cable for, like, nine years ago. And every now and then I'll pull it out of a drawer and I'll be like, oh, cool, still works. (laughs) Like, the lights. What's weird is I don't think I've charged my 3DS in years, and yet it always works every Mm -hmm. time I turn it on. Like, the battery just does not train on that thing. Mm I uh, the the Game and Watch the Super Mario Game and Watch I rearranged my office and I was like oh my god I've been looking for this forever and I went to plug it in hit the power button as I was plugging it in and it turned on I was like well that's awesome yeah same yep, story good job 
don't know what magic Nintendo uses. Well, I kind of do. They've, they don't. They've made handhelds for longer than some of us have been alive, right? That is also true. And then they they don't have resistive buttons and uh, you know glowing headphone lights. jacks, crazy weird things like that. Yeah, it's 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 all good. The Pro Controller is great. Everyone should get one. I don't remember. I don't know how well the Pro Controller sold, but I can guarantee you that for the month of June, the Nintendo excuse me, the DualSense was gonna be, is going to be the number one selling because it was on sale for $59, and everyone was like, I want three! Midnight Purple, baby. Uh, let's Six. see. Oh, Switch Sports and Kirby topped the software charts, which I didn't expect that either, especially Kirby. I thought Kirby would have fallen off pretty pretty rapidly, but nope, people love them some Kirby. So Amazing I, game. I actually yeah, saw... Is. You, you, I have to plug IGN playlist. Go to IGN.com slash playlist if you want to catch up on the games we talked about here on the show or find lists from great people like Kat, for example. But like I saw Kirby showing up really high in the IGN playlist uh, rankings, oh, which I thought was unusual. I've never seen you know a Kirby game connect with the IGN audience the way uh, this one has. It's, it's number so 19 out of... A hundred thousand games. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow! Um, so yeah, it's right now. It's number nineteen, right behind Animal Crossing and The Last of Us Part Two. So a lot of people are playing that game and adding it to their list, and the user ratings are really positive too. That's because yeah, it's... I thought it was a top five Switch game. Yeah. Uh, when I finished it, I was, I don't, it was just a joy, a, a true delight to play. And yeah. honestly, I liked it better than Super Mario 3D Land, that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, every level is so tight. Uh, the camera angles are so much fun. Uh, there's the exploration is really well handled, and it's surprisingly epic, especially mm -hmm. at the yeah. end. Uh, it's perfect. Nice. Would you say it's the best Kirby game? Yeah, definitely. All I right. think I've said that. I've I've said as much every episode. <laughs> yeah, it's the best Kirby episode. It's the best Kirby game, and it's not close. That's, that's the box. There's, I mean, there's this like magical thing that's been happening for a very long time on Switch where this the first party software and a lot of third party software is just generating crazy sales, a ton of uh, like excitement with, with people. People are just like latching on to software on Switch in ways I don't think I've ever really seen before. Like it's yeah. it's fascinating and it just it makes me really happy as somebody who likes a lot of like a lot of the a lot of the big stuff that nintendo does but also the weirder deeper cut stuff because someone is sitting there somewhere being like oh uh i don't know get get another get another punch out it, wake up those oh land guys like, let's get every, <laughs> throw everything we got at this thing call um, the ice climbers back all the ice climbers. The don't you don't you have to call them i will like, say I mean, that i think if the supply issues weren't what they were i think playstation 5 would probably be the top selling console but at the same time the i have to wonder if maybe they sell out because you can't get one like people are like ah, i gotta get one ah, and they just buy it regardless but who knows it's we'll uh, see i think it's also just... like i don't know it's it you can like everyone on the show probably owns multiple nintendo switches at this point right or has bought one and then traded it in and got another one and stuff like that i'm sure a lot of people listening are in the same boat or you know it's one of those things where you can buy them easier for gifts for family members and friends and stuff like that um the the software isn't 70 dollars. So there's a lot of factors it's, that i think make yeah. it it's like a lot more of a kind of consumer friendly system it's it's cheaper to get in there's you know a much bigger game library at this point for brand new games than yeah. the ps5 or series x even have and um yeah it's just awesome like the, a lot of the a lot of the software is that sort of like you know 
easy, 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 you know, easy to play, hard to master type stuff. So mm -hmm. it scales well to to all players. So it's yeah, it's a fantastic system. Yeah. Good job. Well, well deserved. <laughs> well, good job, Nintendo. You did it again. Now they'll announce the Nintendo uh, Switch 2 during the direct right after we record today. So. Nintendo Switch U. It's like the <laughs> Switch, but much worse. It's It'll be much... weird. And we don't understand why they did that, but then we'll uh, do the show for five years trying to figure out what the I'm just, I, you know, I, I don't think Nintendo is going to make that mistake, but there's just part of me. It's the same with like being a Boston Celtics fan. They're legendary. Um, legendary team they've won 18 championships or 19 championships but i'm still like oh i don't know if they're gonna be able to pull it off but i think i i really do worry that whatever the next switch is they're gonna like trip and they're gonna be like congratulations it straps to your face and i don't think so i don't think so i think i think this is yeah I, go ahead Per. no i think they i think they found a model that works for them for a while you know it's like when when they created the nintendo ds they went oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna stick with this idea for a while right well i think that's what's happening with the switch but i think the nintendo ds was a big risk i remember when it first yeah. came out i remember watching like x play and people were like i don't understand why you would ever like need touch and i remember he was playing uh, ridge racer he's like i'm steering with a stylus this is so pointless like nobody sort of figured it out and once it, it caught on it was yeah but, yeah. yeah i mean it, I it was completely as far as to say that weird nintendo is dead yep that nintendo is entering a much more conservative era in the way that it handles its software and i think it's going to be playing it quite safe with both its franchises how they spin out their franchise and then the consoles and let's kind of thing. let's not rule out that within the last few years they made um buildable cardboard backpacks <laughs> that <laughs> nobody bought yeah. uh, like a, a hula hoop that you had to squeeze really hard to get strong like <laughs> There's definitely like I think I think hardware wise they're still they're they're a mm. lot more by the books than they've ever been right um, but software wise I think they still manage to get a little strange here and there that is true um, like, part of their uh, identity yeah. and any yeah. and 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 a standalone NES game as a game and watch unit is kind of weird too so that is like, true yeah I think we'll see that but I think Kat you're talking about their mainline stuff they're mm. they're not going to replace the Switch suddenly with something that is a fishing controller with a screen built in. Mm. Yeah, okay. they, they did that. I got they did that with Lava. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I think, and we've talked about this before, right? But like one of the really interesting things that's happening this generation is Nintendo has been uh, scoped for so long to be able to support multiple uh, products at the same time, right? They had like their handheld division and their uh, console division, and the two never really like they 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 made like kind of like meager attempts to make those those lines communicate here and there you know to varying degrees of success but right now they've got all of those systems going in unison consolidated on one hybrid platform and what that means is that the software release cadence is awesome it means that yeah. every couple of weeks we're getting another game and those things used to be spread across different platforms at one point even three remember wasn't didn't like reggie at one point was like we have three pillars Oh yes, the uh, the yeah. I think the Wii U was supposed to be the third pillar. It, I I believe it was like it was like the Game Boy Advance, the GameCube, oh. and then it was the DS. Yeah, the DS. The DS oh, okay, that's pillar. right, that's right. And you're like, yeah. what has thir three pillars? Like uh, a bar stool, 
Obviously. Okay. Yeah, well, we designed our business model after a bar stool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so right now we have like, you know, they're not like distracted by this thing where they're like, oh, we got to make some GBA games this month or some DS games this month. Everything just comes to Switch. And it's stuff yeah. that like might have worked as a handheld game. Um, and it's stuff that might have worked as a console game. But if you're if you own a Switch, you're just getting everything, this consolidated laser beam of everything that they make. And it's really awesome. It's like it's mm -hmm. it's it's really fun to be a Nintendo fan right now. Yeah. Yeah. I remember back in 2016 being actually pretty skeptical of the Nintendo Switch's oh, yeah. prospects. Yeah. Because it seemed to me that it was stuck in kind of an awkward middle ground where it wasn't as powerful as say a PS5 or a traditional console, but also mobile devices existed. And so I'm like, okay, outside of the strength of its handheld, what is Nintendo's niche? And also traditionally Nintendo handhelds have been the best-selling thing. Mm -hmm. So yep. I'm sitting here going, wow, they're really putting all of their eggs in one basket. They're putting their chips down right here. Either the Switch is amazing and incredibly successful or Nintendo's in real trouble at this point. Mm -hmm. But yeah. sure enough, like Nintendo Switch found its niche. It we turns it. out <laughs> that the conventional wisdom around mobile devices like iPads replacing uh, dedicated handheld devices was wrong. Yep. And the Switch is awesome because of yeah. the hybrid thing. It's also yeah. the 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 games that we thought it you know we thought it, it, the Switch won't be able to run this game, this game, this game, this franchise, this franchise. That's going to be the death of it. Not at all. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't have Call of Duty, it doesn't have Cyberpunk. It doesn't care. It doesn't need those no. things to succeed. It doesn't so, need it. You know, and I, I don't Animal Crossing. Yeah, exactly. And I think like <laughs> the audience too is not necessary. You know, like I think if you put a Call of Duty on Switch maybe it would do well you know but i don't think that that's really what people are here for and that's fine like it's if it, it, it found its own groove you know if somebody made a demake with ghost in the main role or or soap or whoever and did a top-down commando style shooter called call of duty something i think it would do killer numbers on oh the yeah I, I would play like that an too. isometric game kind yep. of like diablo or something yeah, like yeah. yeah all really of well. duty go it's a puzzle game i played yeah. well, i believe it was modern warfare <laughs> entirely on the nintendo ds i don't know if any of you played that port it's, <laughs> nobody played it, that port. it is hilarious please look up a let's play for this look up some videos um uh -huh. there's like that scene at the end where like the bridge blows up and it's just like six polygons it's amazing <laughs> yeah very you know so yeah do that again wow. <laughs> all right all right uh the biggest news of course this week was persona 3 4 and 5 are not coming to switch so that's the biggest news no just kidding the biggest news is the fire emblem leak there's a fire emblem we, we didn't know that there was going to be a new fire emblem nobody could have seen it coming and it there's leaked out fire nobody emblem. could have seen another fire emblem nobody coming. thought they were ever going to make another fire emblem and then here we are talking about fire emblem leaking out i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head so somebody please rescue me uh fire emblem four pillars three pillars yeah three pillars okay the bar store cool <laughs> yep <laughs> uh yeah some pictures leaked out and some information and it's been a it's a rumor that's been flying around for a long time i'm sure cat heard it uh a while back too and it it, it was one of those you know is is it real? Is it not? Is it a spin-off? Is it like a Fire Emblem Warriors type game? Because Gust is in, involved in it. You know, it's not an intelligent systems entirely developed by, by, by them sort of title. Um, the screenshots that leaked out look real. They look weird. All of the text is in Chinese. Um, 
if you were going to fake something, you'd probably not put Chinese characters in it. Uh, Unless you were so I'm, stupid, you didn't know the difference. Oh, no, but it's real know. Chinese. And um, no, like it's, it's not fake. It's, yeah, I learned hair can read No, it, like, it, you know, it has a main character who has like split hair colors. Yeah. It's, it's too weird to make up. It mm -hmm. can only be Nintendo. One of the reasons you can tell it's real is because it's not filmed diagonally through the worst <laughs> cell phone ever made, despite the fact that everybody has like 4K cameras in their pockets. Right, and it doesn't have like a, 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 a watermark at the top. This is yep. Nintendo Confidential. Do not leak. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like this could point towards, you know, when we get our Nintendo Direct very soon, uh, that that could be one of the reveals at that event, you know, because it's obviously out there at companies that are leaking, which doesn't usually happen out of Nintendo in Japan, right? No. It happens when a third party company or marketing company or whatever, or localization company is involved. That's usually when these leaks happen like that. Uh, so that could point towards it being in the direct and maybe Persona 3, 4, and 5. You can't rule that out, Seth. I think you can. I think mm -hmm. they did. Can, I think correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they? On. Didn't they put out a statement saying that it's just Xbox and PlayStation? Yeah. The Switch fans immediately got very mad, of course, about <laughs> PS3, P, uh, P3, P4, and P5 not coming out on Switch. But I, my take was like, oh, I mean, it just means that they're not exclusive on PlayStation anymore. Mm -hmm. It's only be good news. A Switch, a Switch port is inevitable at this point. Come on. Hey, this is yeah. a this is a Japanese developer, a Japanese publisher, and when they look at their weekly charts in Japan of consoles and games sold, there is no Xbox on there. The fact right. that it's coming to Xbox means it's coming to Switch. It's no longer okay. locked up in the I PlayStation. I hope you're arena. right. Because this, I it also tried will run playing. On yeah, I've hmm. tried playing Persona Five on. Uh, I pl tried playing it on my PlayStation Four, and I just like that. I just like to play this kind of game handheld. I just that's how I prefer to play all my <laughs> role playing games now. So I'm really hoping you're right because I've never actually that's played through. There's something on Steam. You can play it on Steam Deck. That's right. That is true. I have my Steam Deck right over there. I can play it yeah, in one hour it's... increments. Anyway, like I, it's 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 one of those things where you know people are reading into reading something into the absence of information. When it, it it's a little bit like you know in a kung fu movie, there's like somebody standing in the background who looks like a badass. You're not gonna watch that scene and go like, well, he's not gonna do anything in this movie, right? Yes. There's there's a screenwriting coming, you call that. There's a direct coming, and one version of Persona hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. All right, all right. Nintendo well, fans will they'll they'll get their wishes here. And also, I think they just need something new to be furious about now that we saw Hollow Knight Silk Song at the Xbox <laughs> event. They need something new to spam the chat with before every direct. And so uh -huh. this is it. This is this is the new the new the new the new chase. So the, new spam oh, thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the Hollow Knight thing was it's it's day one game pass, right? Which kind of torpedoes the old theory that Nintendo would work really hard to have an exclusive debut or something. Right. Nah, nah, that's it's gonna be it's gonna be everywhere. It would be nice if we knew uh and Nintendo Dates? was part of this, you know, summer summer game zone, summer of gaming, whatever this the you know and e3 or whatever it is like i like i i've had a i've had a blast this summer watching all the events and showcases and stuff like that but it, like we're now slowly getting out of that window where everybody had their showcases and nintendo hasn't had theirs yet and yeah what's today's um, episode number 616 616 616 
Mm-hmm. I think on episode 618, we'll have a little bit more to say. I agree. I Whoa, think. that just made headlines everywhere. No, now no. every Nintendo... That's is, what like, everybody is predicting. It's June 28th or 29th. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, I was going to say 29th. Like, I read the same source cited in about 50 different articles, and then those articles All the leakers would... are going, actually... It wasn't June 15th, it was June 28th. That's what I've been saying all along. Yeah. Oh, I had it mixed up. My source uh, made a typo, and uh, it was obviously... What? This... For the record, yeah. we all said it wasn't June 15th. Yeah. What? It was well, not, I... we said. Oh, that's... that's what we said on Nintendo Voice Chat. You remember that show? For oh, all Seth Nintendo was out. Chat. Seth was out. Yeah, I wasn't. That's right. That was, uh, I wasn't in the studio, or maybe that was when my son yeah. was graduating. Yeah. But... Hey, back to Fire Emblem. I'm excited Fire with any Fire Emblem news. And, you know, there's rumors of a Fire Emblem uh, remake as well. Um, oh. Um, in addition to, to this. So, um, yeah, yeah. Fire Emblem 4 remake. Yep. We were just talking about that last week, Pear. Exactly. Uh, genealogy of the Holy War. We've been wanting that one <laughs> for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, also, also, I will oh. Tactics Ogre remake into existence too. Yes. Unfortunately, well done, yeah. good job. Unfortunately, no Switch version announced yet, but we'll see. Final <laughs> Fantasy Tactics remake next. Can yeah. use Ooh. your powers to get okay. one of those. Okay, I'll I'll, right. I'll I'll think really hard about that. Wants to know what you're doing. Final Fantasy Tactics is right over there. Yeah, I just want the the Pixel remasters to come to Nintendo Switch for God's oh, sake. I, I I, a... I'm working on that too. Oh, thanks, Bear. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> Bear. I think that might. I, w- I think those might get announced at the direct. I don't have any inside information on that one, but just a um, feeling. That's just a hunch. You know, they're all out now, so I'm sure oh, that would be great. Very oh, taxing love... hardware-wise, though. Yeah, that is true. They're you know, so pretty. I've been playing on yeah. on Steam Deck. I they really did like a very them. good job, and I did yeah. not expect that. I thought it was going to be kind of hideous, actually, um, but it's not. It's quite lovely. And I have music. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring us Incredible. a collection and have Incredible a physical soundtracks. release. Yeah, I mean they they always have been amazing, but that's 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 a dream. All right, Fire Emblem. Maybe this will be the one that I play for a little while and get hooked on it. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see in the future. Did you play Three Houses. I did. You weren't in it. Yet? Played. Yeah. I did. I give. I give all of these games. I give all of these games a, a very. Uh, uh, committed try because I don't want to sound like I I just played the the first battle. I was like, no, I want to have a little bit of authority when I'm speaking. And I've tried so many times to play Three Houses, and it just doesn't grab me. It's the it's same okay. with yeah. The Last sure. of Us. Someone's like, oh, you got to play more than an hour, and I'm like, I played three hours and I didn't like it, so I stopped. What is that. your favorite game of all time, Seth? My favorite game of all time is Mega yeah. Man Two, uh, okay. but also okay. like. Superman uh, 64. Yes. No, it's <laughs> it's probably Metal Gear Solid 5, Red Dead Redemption uh-huh. 2, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. I like open world games, but my favorite game of all time is probably Mega Man, is Mega Man 2. So you like action games more than traditional RPG. But then yeah. like Final Fantasy 6. I played Final Fantasy 6 on a translation patch on my Hyperkin retro uh, thing that I can't remember the name of. And I played it very very far into it before i sold the, the hyperkin for to fund my new television but okay anyway i don't know i'll try it again how's that all right i feel like to. you should you should try one of the classics that don't have all the simulation and town aspects so if you're getting bored by talky 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 which they're very talky games right play some of the classics which are more about just the strategy gameplay all right well, play I, a game you enjoy 
the whole instead. No, yeah, no, people get mad when I do. I that. mean, like, I mean, life is short. Like, just, if, if you don't have to force yourself to like a game that you're not into, just play something else. Okay, agree. Well, <laughs> suffer. <laughs> I will suffer through something when I have the, the extra time. So now we're going to talk about something that we all love, which is the Nintendo GameCube. And this is our segment of the reasons why we love. The Nintendo GameCube. Let's see. We've already talked about the the Game Boy adapter. We talked about the fact that it is named literally because it is a game, a cube that you can play games on. We talked about mm-hmm. the startup. This week we're doing something a little different. We're talking about how Capcom basically, absolutely, one hundred percent crushed it on the Nintendo GameCube. Let's let's go down the I'm list. About one hundred percent. Okay, most of it. They know, did 80, 87 to ninety percent with a eighty-seven point three percent. They promised the five games. We got three, right? Okay, hold on. We got Resident Evil remake too. So they they did. I know, more but of the that, Capcom yeah. Five, we got Beautiful yes. Joe and RE Four. I love that's them, enough. and I okay. actually really love Piano Three. Okay, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's get it. Okay. All right, that's uh, no. I was going to say uh, Beautiful Joe. Yep, that was uh, then Dead Phoenix, which never came out, mm-hmm. uh, and of course. Uh, Killer Seven, which I never played, but my brother would not shut up about. I love Killer Seven. Love it so I, it, much. Is it something that you can revisit? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it felt dated at the time because it's entirely mm-hmm. on rails. And at the time, the push was to make, you know, big open areas riddled with uh, collectibles. And Killer Seven is like very much almost like a light gun shooter. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you can backtrack and there's diagonal paths and stuff like that. But like, is mostly straightforward. Beautiful Joe is phenomenal. I love this yeah. game. I love the it's sequel. It's one of the I, best looking games on the GameCube. Yep. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's also the they they made one for the Nintendo DS, and it's probably one of the more technically impressive games on that on that system because of the way they're handling 3D on both screens at the same time. Beautiful Joe's oh, awesome. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's when I was in college. I got a Gamefly free trial thing because I was very poor and could not mm-hmm. afford video games. And I College. got Beautiful Joe and Return of the King. I mm. finished Return of the King in like a day. Beautiful Joe, I could not beat, but I really enjoyed playing it. The The slowdown mechanics worked extremely yeah. well and it was gorgeous. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. To- kind, of, kind of forgotten, sadly. Yeah, yeah. many, many people did. Uh- I, I think for some context for people who aren't that familiar with the GameCube era, so obviously the GameCube came out and it suffered a little bit uh, when compared to its competitors, right? It had strong Nintendo games on it that we still love to this day, but like it felt like Nintendo was working, had to work really hard to regain third parties that it had lost during the N64 age, yep. right? Remember Super NES had Square and Capcom and Konami mm-hmm. all making lots of games and the N64 it still had Konami, but it suffered a little bit with the other companies and didn't get that many titles until until later or or at all and then with gamecube nintendo surprisingly announced this major alliance with capcom uh out of the blue and you know it was like it was the most un-nintendo thing like just rolling out this this massive uh strategic alliance with capcom to bring these new games and resident evil 4 to the gamecube in in this in this partnership and like Resident Evil 4 was definitely yeah, the, that's, the mega hit here, right? Like, and we, I was holding off for that yeah. one, yeah, because there's so much to be said about it. Now, Resident Evil 4 was famously only ever going to be available on GameCube. It was only going to be a GameCube game. Until it became a PS2 never, game. Mm-hmm. Right, a, a less good game on that's PS2. True. And now, of course, yep. you can play it 
everywhere. But I've said before, Resident Evil was so good. My friend like uh, uh, aimed me, which was AOL Instant Messenger, which we would talk back and forth. He's like, what's your address? I need to send you a game. And he, after he had beaten Resident Evil 4, he sent it to me because he loved it so much. He just wanted to share it with everybody. Mm-hmm. So he sent it to me and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I love Resident Evil so much. To, I mean, I don't think it's like a, a shocking thing to say. I, like, I think Resident Evil 4 is my favorite Resident Evil game and one oh, of my yeah. favorite games of all time. What a yeah, controversial is- take. The reveal, yeah. <laughs> the reveal at the time, like it's, you know, when you look back now, it looks like a lot of games that obviously followed, but like the reveal seemed like you saw a game from the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There. You he, were. You were seeing yeah. a game from the future. It's yeah. no longer, you know, Leon isn't walking out of a screen and appearing, and then in the next, like the camera is following him, which is something that we always wanted for Resident Evil but didn't get. And then he goes into buildings, up ladders, out of outside windows, and enemies are following him everywhere. Right. Like it seemed. It seemed like now this franchise. And other games would take a next step to make enemies much more terrifying because they no longer obeyed the laws of doors, right? Mm-hmm. Or ladders, <laughs> like where they all standing down, they're going like, hey, I can't climb. Um, yeah. It, and then, it, yeah, it, like, look at all this stuff. I mean, the, the gameplay in this game is is phenomenal. I think it still holds up to this day. If you can get past yeah. the, you know, the the stop and shoot element of it, which I know yes. some some modern gamers aren't a fan of, but like, if you like give it a few minutes and and it totally clicks but what's awesome about this game and what makes me replay it one or two times a year on pretty much every platform is that every single time you play it you have basically different options and controls and how you want to execute different enemies how you want to take things down how you want to level up certain guns and weapons if you want to shoot people in the knee and run up on them and suplex them and then knife them when they're down and preserve your ammo you can do that if you want to put all your your you know uh rubies and gem dollars or whatever all the trash that you sell to the merchant into your tmp and just machine gun your way through the game you can do that like that's what's awesome about it it's got all these different and it's it's also like it's it's got great jump scares it's got great horror design but it's also campy and it's one of those things like we obviously we haven't talked about the remake um because it's not coming to switch unfortunately no we know probably never probably never because it looks it looks like you know the yeah the other remakes yeah it, it looks very next gen um but I really hope that the remake retains a little bit of the sort of goofy campiness that, that are yeah. kind of in the margins and sometimes straight up in the front and center of this game. But it is phenomenal. I can't even express how futuristic it felt playing this game back in a GameCube back in the day. Yep. Yeah. I, bought, I got the chainsaw controller and everything. Like, oh, my God. which is terrible. God. It's the worst way to play this game. But um, besides the <laughs> iOS port, which doesn't exist anymore, but. <laughs> The game raised expectations too, right? Like mm-hmm. we saw this incredibly big and ambitious game and then we thought, okay, this is a sign of partnerships to come and things that we would get. And obviously on the GameCube, we saw, uh, you know, Metal Gear remake uh, from oh, the yeah, Eternal Twin Darkness Snakes. team, like stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, it was it was a good time to be excited for big games. And like, I was excited for Dead Phoenix. I remember that Me reveal. Too. It looked like Panzer Dragoon, but... Capcom said that it was actually a fly anywhere game. And it was all about the sense of flight and it would like really kind of feel like, you know, an untethered, not on rails game. And unfortunately it just kind of, kind of fizzled. Like it, you know, we kept getting updates and then suddenly things went silent. And whenever we asked, is it canceled? Capcom would say, oh, we have nothing to announce. So for right. now it's just on hiatus and you know, it's, it's still on hiatus. Apparently. I mean, I remember, 
visiting IGN.com that way back in the day and looking at yeah. uh, the weird, the weirdly numbered WMV files for this game. Yeah. <laughs> that was our videos back then. And then I remember reading like articles, I think that we even published that were like, um, oh, rumor, it's a, this is a Kid Icarus game. You know, because yeah. this is like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for the very for a long time, that was a big thing. People thought that they were basically like they were making the secret Kid Icarus game. They were bringing back that IP. This was before we got the the 3DS port. This is before Pitt made it to Smash Brothers, before there was yeah. any sort of resurgence of that character whatsoever. And it was really just the original NES game and the Game Boy game. Um, we thought that that's, that that's what this was going to be. And then it fell through and, you know, we, it disappeared. Like my yep. video feed just did. I don't know. 2003 summer. Yeah, that's right. It's almost done. Holding out. Starcraft, yeah. Ghost, and Dead Phoenix. Let's go. Oh, Let's Starcraft do it. That's in the next Ghost. direct predictions right now. We're oh, we are almost 20, 20 years away from the original planned release date for Dead Phoenix. That that blows yeah. my mind. Hey, today is my the 27th anniversary when I graduated high school. Wow. So, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look at me. I can't stop <laughs> aging. Uh, all right, that was a reason. That was the the reason we love the GameCube was Capcom did a mostly eighty five point. Would you say cat seven percent? Can I can I can I very quickly spend twenty seconds shouting out PNO three, which I know is like oh yes, it's not. It's a total six out of ten game, and it's like it's definitely got some weird, gross, sexist shit that is not aged well. And I'll just say that right now. Sorry for cursing, but uh, <laughs> at the time, I think it was really smart to make like a sort of um bullet hell arcade shooter shmup shaped thing that had a third person camera perspective that played like kind of like a an action game so i'll just say that had some yep. cool stuff also some dumb stuff but it's, it's part of their their the games they made for gamecube and i don't think they yep. ever put it anywhere else yep. all you have to do is say it was a product of its time yes Good that's style. why the soundtrack was done by limp it's not true what I made that up. no no it, i made that up okay uh, all right uh <laughs> let's quickly talk about what we've been playing cat we need an update on your oh, oh i just dropped out of the oh, feed no. for some reason oh god damn it oh, no. that's fine keep going we'll just find no signal squared again just red just put a goofy looking still image of uh, a clown <laughs> there <laughs> <laughs> Kat, what have you been playing? Let's, I would love to hear an update. Well, last week I started a Nuzlocke run in Pokemon Crystal. And if you're not familiar with the concept of a Nuzlocke run, it's basically you um, your Pokemon can die. It's permadeath. And there are specific rules where like you go into each route, you can only catch one Pokemon per route, that kind of thing. And you cannot save scum, so you only get one chance to do all of this. And I've always meant to do a Nuzlocke run, and my friend was playing Pokemon Crystal. So I was like, why not go for it? I'm playing on my Analog Pocket. Looks amazing. Nice. Amazing on Analog Pocket. Analog I've Pocket been... is such a good device. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, the thing is amazing. I, I love it so much. And the thing I, really, I like about Pokemon Crystal is it moves at just the right speed. Um, the graphics have a real charm to them. Obviously, they're old, but they don't look dated, per se. They look very stylized mm. um but and I, I was really kind of cruising through i was doing really well i beat the first gym two gyms without any problem i had this pidgeotto that was completely wrecking i was like all right i got this and then i got to whitney 
And if you've ever played Pokemon Crystal, you'll know that Whitney is a monster. She has a Miltank <laughs> that is just a beast. It's so hard to take down. Um, we'll keep healing itself, but we'll use Attract to make things annoying. And it took out my starter. It took out Bayleaf. So Bayleaf oh. is dead. Wow. Rip. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh God. Um, but Pidgeotto managed to kind of get me through. And so now I have a, a Pidgeotto, a Growlithe, and a Pseudowoodo as <laughs> uh, my mains as I head into uh, Ecruteak City to take on Morty. And right now I'm just kind of going, I just need any powerful Pokemon that I can possibly get. Pseudowoodo's the tree guy. He's like made out of rocks. I would never use him ordinarily. Um, <laughs> but I think the fun of playing through a Nuzlocke run is that, I don't know, like I kind of cashed out of, uh, I kind of checked out of Pokemon stories a long time ago. So it's fun to have an actual challenge and it's forcing me to use Pokemon that ordinarily I would never absolutely use. And there's real stakes involved and there are, kind of, you know, stories coming out of it. So, yeah, like, I, I I was not expecting to get big into Pokemon Crystal, but it's your Pokemon, so here we go. Here we go. That's awesome. Well, I'm sorry that Bayleaf is in that great stew pot in the sky now. Yeah. It's just adding flavor to salad it. somewhere. <laughs> to something. Uh, Pear, what have you been playing? So, obviously, uh, Turtles, uh, Card Shark, yeah. which I talked about, which is don't oh, sleep on yeah. that game. Love Card Shark, the, uh, the, the card cheating adventure game uh on on switch lovely game i uh played uh some ko the kangaroo um mm-hmm. which came to the switch with in a pretty competent port it, it runs pretty nicely it is kind of like um it's kind of like 3d platformer 1.0 in a lot of ways and that it's not going to surprise you with amazing like um you know gameplay concepts like like a mario odyssey would it is very kind of like rooted in what trails at mario 64 blaze but but it's actually really fun it's a really competent game it's charming has some cool puzzles some really nice levels um i dig it and it's it's good for younger players as well uh and then obviously mario strikers came out so i started playing super mario strikers uh feels great looks great fast paced it's a wonderful uh it's a wonderful multiplayer game and you know everybody's fears that the package might be a little limited is true if you're you know if you're looking for a game that you're going to play alone to unlock and progress or get any sort of uh rewarding campaign it's not there um mm. it, it it is light on content but like many of nintendo sports game releases you know it might evolve over time we might be getting more unlockables and things or or more things added so i'm, I'm keeping tuned but like as a as a multiplayer game it's it's wonderful very cool. Brian, what have you been playing? Hey, my camera's back. Nice. Oh, look, oh, there's there a picture of me. Holding up uh, my, my copy of Townsend's catalog that I was so excited to get in the mail. Uh, in case you don't know, the 18th Century Cooking Channel on YouTube is one of my favorites. The most wholesome of all of the uh, of the YouTube channels that I watch. And it's Tom Marks' dad, actually. What? Really? That's, not, that's not true. It's just, oh. he has a, he has a, Does a he have Tom a bow tie? <laughs> he has a Tom Marks energy. No, it, okay, okay. bow ties didn't exist in the oh. 1700s okay. so no he has a tricorn they had actual like butterflies on their necks <laughs> back then <laughs> that is true. In- <laughs> yeah right right into the 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 this bone here larynx anyway Pear, that's one of the stupidest things you ever said and i love you for that god well, that so dumb. it was it was for floor guy mm-hmm. floor yeah. guy's back um he appreciates it 
I've been playing this game called uh, Soldiers. It's S-O-U-L-D-I-E-R-S. It's not really like the Souls-like that I thought it would be, which I guess I'm okay mm-hmm. with. It's it's more of a kind of traditional 2D side-scrolling Metroidvania. Uh, interesting thing about it, which I guess is a little Soulsy, is that there is a kind of small class system. There's three different playable class types that you can pick from the beginning of the game. And they all have different sort of attributes and that they kind of play as like, Easy, medium, and hard. But um, this game, I don't think it's doing anything particularly revolutionary, but it's kind of some great comfort food right now, or at least was for a little while until I jumped into Turtles. But um, I really dig it. The art is fantastic. The pixel art's great. The combat's really fun. Um, I like this. Yeah, the checkpoints are pretty liberal, so it doesn't feel like too too difficult. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just enjoying this game. If you're looking for, like this is one of those perfect, like kind of curl up on the couch with your Nintendo Switch while you're, watching some comfort food trash on TV type of games. <laughs> um, and yeah, if you're looking for another game like this, the Switch is so great for stuff like this. Check this yeah. game out. It's called Soldiers. Once again, Soul is spelled like that that thing that I guess some we all have, some of us have. Mm-hmm. Unless we traded them for a wish. Not sure how that works. But either way, go check this game out <laughs> if you're into it. Awesome. Yeah, I have also been playing Shredder's Revenge. I've probably the most of my time has been spent playing that because it's so fun and delightful and nobody wants to play with me in my house because everyone's on a weird sleep schedule except for me actually that's not true i'm on an old man's sleep schedule i go to bed at like eight Mm -hmm. but anyway but what is really awesome is i restored a uh, computer from 1982 a k pro 2 which is a luggable computer it weighs 29 pounds it has a handle like a uh it's actually right wait right behind me there um yeah, that's what they okay. used to call computers. They called them luggable. Okay. You could fold the keyboard up and it has a handle on the back and you would carry it to like whatever your computer science uh, course was at Berkeley wow. or, or Stanford at the time. But it runs on five and a quarter floppies and I, like I found a, a disc of basic, the, the language, basic games. So I started playing the Star Trek text adventure from oh, 1971, yeah. which was written originally for like mainframe computers in computer science labs so it's just for like engineering students and professors and phd candidates and it's so weirdly fun to play games on my stranger things computer <laughs> back there even though they're so simple there's also a, a space invaders clone that i was playing this this by the way this computer doesn't have graphics it only has ascii characters on mm. it so oh. there's no any graphic is actually just an ascii character that it loads from an eprom i'm not going to talk about this anymore anyway Star Trek game like i want to know what is it like you're okay so yeah. uh you are in like a quadrant it's kind of hard to figure out and it's uh it's like a 24 by 24 and it's asterisks and then like a circle where there's a klingon and an equal sign and you have to sort of navigate <laughs> through this quadrant and fire on the uh the klingons to save the galaxy because it's based on the obviously the original because it was actually now that i think about it this that game was written when the original star trek was still on the air it wasn't the original star trek ended in 1969 oh i thought it ended in 1971 <laughs> okay well the, well it was but written it was re- just a couple years later like the replays were going I think the thing that's interesting is that it's not a text adventure. They're straight up actually trying to do space combat on a 1971 mainframe. Kind of reminds yeah. me a little bit of like Rogue or something like that. Like, yep. Yeah, I guess it's Rogue. not a text adventure. It's, yeah, it, it's yeah. more just like it's showing you a map with text characters. But there's also a game called Space War, 
where you're very clearly it's just exactly a star wars ripoff to the point where you shoot down a not tie fighter and it says may the force be with you so oh, look out wow. disney please don't come to my house and seize my five <laughs> and a quarter floppy drive yeah, but yeah this thing is gonna find you he's there, gonna he's there were so many clones back then it's like honestly a lot of that information is not widely known or uh and and a lot of the copies of the the clone games during that era are lost but like if you look at like look at a Atari Mania site or something like that for like old um, Atari or computer games, and you'll see there's a game that comes out, and then there's six clones, and they yeah. all have different names, and they don't sometimes they don't even change the game code. They just repackage it, change the title screen, and resell it illegally. It's so funny, and there's so many Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars ripoffs. It's, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Well What's kind of funny about these blatant ripoff games is that they're on a Microsoft basic disc mm -hmm. for this operating system, which was called CPM. So basically, Microsoft took these games that were clearly in violation of so many different intellectual properties and put it on a disc and sold it to people. So, yeah, that's if you go again, like if you look at arcade hits, there would be, I, I joked earlier, like there would be a hit called Dig Dug, and then there would be zigzag and then there was donkey <laughs> yeah. kong and then you know like you you get all these different versions um that just maybe the line is slightly different how how high can you try is changed or something but like it's it's a different company that just ripped it it's so funny you get these yeah. nes carts that were like 100 games in one you're like wow, oh what God. a bargain <laughs> exactly nowadays it's yeah it's a little different They're and it all, would just be there'd be like yeah. 40 different versions of tetris and one of them they'd be like upside down i remember that <laughs> like yeah. the blocks would go up and you're like come on <laughs> Yeah. Pathetic. I didn't even yeah. try. The game, the Donkey Kong ripoff is called Crazy Kong. It was made by Falcon <laughs> back in 81. But like it oh, literally wow. is just the same, same, uh, same game. It was also yeah, Monkey, these... Monkey Donkey and Donkey King and Big <laughs> Kong Donkey. and, and Kongorilla. I'm not kidding. Kongorilla? Yes. <laughs> Wait, how, how is Monkey Donkey spelled? I want to play this. It's just Monkey <laughs> Donkey. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool because the they're not credited to uh, oh they're I'm out again back to the clown image they're not credited to like a, a company it's just like somebody some computer yep. scientist wrote this game and it's like by so and so <laughs> but yeah one one real thing that has nothing to do with games real quick I found the original owner's PhD dissertation on a uh, on a disc so I thought that was really neat it's dated 1987 it's written in Amazing. WordStar which is the program that George R R Martin still uses to write his novels on and it is the most impossible to parse word processor but that's Pins. it yes just, exactly I, I just found an arcade long play for monkey Don uh, monkey donkey i guess <laughs> 1981 <laughs> came out the same year as donkey kong it is literally just donkey kong yep. but with different colors like yeah. donkey kong's butt has like a green tint to it and <laughs> it's yeah it's different. monkey donkey yeah, yeah mario looks sick <laughs> um, the princess is like missing a face. It's yeah. the girders are green. It's just it's not it's a princess. This, it's this horrible food poison version. It's monkey monkey. <laughs> Look, red. You are wow. amazing. Look, yeah. Oh my oh, wow. god. <laughs> Look wow. at monkey donkey. That is not Donkey Kong because no, uh, it looks Donkey like Kong somebody... does not have red red teeth. No, it looks like oh. somebody ripped his teeth out right before. Yeah. No, it looks like uh, uh, it's the invisible Donkey Kong. They took all of his flesh off, and you can just see his musculature. Yep. Absolute nightmare. Yeah. 
it is uh-huh. horrible. Well, unfortunately, that's after Monkey Donkey. That's all the time we have for this week's Nintendo Voice Chat Podcast. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at NBC Podcast. Submit your question block questions so we can skip right over them uh, to talk about Monkey Donkey on the NBC Facebook group. I want to thank Brian Altano for coming out this week, as well as Red on the ones and twos. And most of all, thank you to you for hanging out with us. Remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the monkey monkey donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! For the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.